With more than 3,400 pairs of shoes in her closet, Amelda Marcos is in the Guinness Book of World Records as the woman with the largest collection of shoes. <laughs> I can think of one and only one pair of shoes that really matter in the Christian life. Some refer to them as gospel shoes of peace or good news shoes. The Bible tells us to dress for spiritual battle with shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So are you wearing your gospel shoes? Are you ready to share the good news that God has made peace with us through the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Some years ago, there was a Nike commercial in which one of the actors, seeing just how talented Michael Jordan was, said, it's gotta be the shoes. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian, thanks for stopping by. Well, as the commercial says, shoes are a critical component to any athletic endeavor, critical to any war. And as you'll see today, our shoes are every bit as critical in our spiritual war against Satan. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And stick around after today's message when Ron joins me in studio to talk about an important new resource he wants to share with you. But first, from his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare, let's listen in as he shares his message, Putting on Your Gospel Shoes. Well, for 40 years, John Wooden was um, the basketball coach at the UCLA uh, Bruins, or for the UCLA Bruins. And he amassed a record that I think probably still stands today, 88 consecutive wins. That's why John Wooden was called the Wizard of Westwood. I mean, nobody dominated NCAA men's basketball quite like uh, John Wooden did uh, back in his day. Many people have uh, studied his life, his coaching strategies, and his leadership tactics and tried to come up with some of you know, the secrets to Coach Wooden's success. Of all that I've read um, along those lines, I, I don't know that anybody has landed upon what I'm about to tell you. Did you know that Coach Wooden, at the start of every season, during the preseason training camp, would gather up his team and he would tell his players, and keep in mind, these are 18 to 22-year-old young men, but he would show them every season how to put on their shoes and socks. <laughs> you say, you got to be kidding me. I mean, why, why would he waste his time? There's so much basketball to get after, so much training to do, so much you know, strategizing and getting ready for this. You mean to tell me Coach Wooden sat these young men down and said, guys, here, here's how you put on your socks and shoes? Yeah, he did, every season. Because Coach Wooden understood that it all started with the feet. While you're on the basketball court in the heat of competition, it's a feet-don't-fail-me-now kind of moment. And he knew that if you didn't put your socks on right, if, you, if, if there was a wrinkle in the sock somewhere underneath your shoe, it could lead to a blister. And that blister may mean that he has to take you out of the game at a time when, you know, these are the right guys to have on the court. 
And if I don't have the right guys on the court at the right time, it could be uh, detrimental to the team and it could lead to a loss. <laughs> You're starting to understand you know, Coach Wooden's philosophy here. And so every season at the beginning of training camp, he would grab one of his senior players, you know, somebody who had been through the drill at least three times, and he would have them demonstrate how to put on the socks. Men, pull the sock tight. Pull it over your foot. Make sure there are no wrinkles in it. Pull it up over your heel. Uh, pull tight and yank it up up, up under your calf there. And then they would demonstrate how to put on the shoe. And once you got your shoe on, he went through the tedious process of demonstrating how to lace up your shoes, one eyelet at a time. Get both of those in there, pull it tight. Uh, the next eyelets, pull it tight. Pull it tight all the way up your foot, all the way up your ankle. And then he would show them how to tie their shoes. Because the last thing you want in a basketball game is to be heading down the court in a fast break and your shoe comes untied and you trip and you fall on your face and it could lead to a season-ending injury. So he says, gentlemen, this is how you tie your shoes. And he would show them how to double knot the shoe. And once you put your shoes on and your uniform on, now you're ready for the game. <laughs> You know, it may not be the only secret to Coach Wooden's success, but you can't argue with success, right? From 1963 to 1975, Coach John Wooden led the UCLA Bruins to 10 NCAA men's basketball championships. And if Coach Wooden had a shoes and socks lesson at the beginning of the season, maybe everybody should, right? I know what you're asking, Pastor, what does this have to do with spiritual warfare? And I'm glad you asked. Because we're in a series of messages about how to get dressed for victory in spiritual warfare. We've gone to Ephesians chapter 6 where Paul tells us, put on the whole armor of God, all of it. And he started by telling us how to put on the belt of truth. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then last week we talked about putting on the breastplate of righteousness. This week... We're talking about putting on your gospel shoes. Paul says in Ephesians 6 and verse 15, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace, he says. Now, virtually every word in that short verse is packed with meaning. And if you don't mind, as your pastor and spiritual coach this morning, I'm going to invite you in a little bit closer, and I'm going to talk about how to put your, your shoes on, your gospel shoes. We're going to slow down the process, and we're going to get a little bit tedious, perhaps, but we got to put on our gospel shoes. Here's the big idea that I want you to write down and keep in mind. Be prepared to share and defend the good news that God has made peace with us through the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's what Paul is saying when he says, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. Let me give you three ways you put on your gospel shoes as we head into spiritual battle. Number one, lace up with good news. Lace up with good news. Ephesians 6 and verse 15, you see the word gospel there? Yeah, sometimes we just slide right over it. We're so familiar with the gospel. But today I want to slow down a little bit. And I think, I'm going to guess that the Apostle Paul might have in mind when he wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church at Ephesus. 
He might have had in the back of his mind Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7. Paul knew the scriptures well, the Old Testament scriptures. And here's another place where our feet and our shoes and the gospel come into play. Listen to this as I read this. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, and who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Here's my question for you this morning. Do you have beautiful feet? Now, ladies, I'm not talking about the pedicure you might have gotten this week. I'm not talking about those uh, fashionable new shoes that you wore to church this morning. They might make your feet beautiful. I'm talking about do you have gospel beautiful feet? These are the feet of those who publish good news, who proclaim good news. Uh, These are those who bring good news of happiness, it says, and who say, your God reigns. Do you have those kinds of feet? When people hear the pitter-patter of your feet coming, do they know that you're coming with gospel kinds of good news? Now, the word gospel, uh, as most of us know, means good news. But that isn't all that it means. In fact, the particular word that the New Testament uses to translate uh, the word gospel, it comes from a Greek word, the Greek word evangelium. And it means good news, but it means good news that is too good to be true. And the Bible word, evangelium, was not a common word back in uh, the Greek culture of the day. It wasn't commonly found in classic Greek or Koine Greek, classic Greek being formal Greek. And then Koine Greek, which was the language of the New Testament, was the common language of the day. This particular word was not found either formally or informally in the Greek language. It is a uniquely biblical word. It means good news, but it's the kind of good news where you say, no, that's too good to be true. Are you kidding me? It's the kind of good news that throws you back on your feet and you're saying, oh, that's just too good to be true. And that's, that's the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk first about the facts of the gospel. Uh, this is an important question for every believer in Jesus Christ to get. If I were to ask you, what is the gospel? Could you answer that question? It's a question that, uh, as I've sat on a number of uh, clergy ordination councils, you know, when we ordain somebody into the ministry, the gospel ministry, and you go before an ordination council, and as the ordination candidate, you've got to be prepared for a lot of questions, right, from, from a whole host of your, you know, study, your theological study. I always like at the very beginning to ask this question, what is the gospel? You would think it would be an easy one. I've heard questions that circle around the Milky Way 16 times, and 20 minutes later I'm going, huh? I've heard foggy answers uh, from, from, from men and women who are going into gospel ministry. Listen, friends, if we're going to get ready for spiritual battle and put on our gospel shoes, we've got to be clear about this. What is the gospel? Well, Paul gives us the facts of the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 3, when he says this, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. 
If a friend of yours uh, steps into an elevator with you on the first floor and this person's getting off on the fifth floor and they ask you what is the gospel and you just have a little bit of time between the first and the fifth floor to answer that question, take them to 1 Corinthians 15. The gospel is good news in the sense that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Now you can circle the Milky Way a hundred times to expand all of that, but this is the elevator answer to the question. But why is it good news that is too good to be true? One of my concerns for us as uh, believers in Jesus Christ and the body of Christ is that when we call, talk about the gospel and the good news, we do it with a yawn. We've heard it so many times. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Listen to Ron's messages on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out Something Good Courses, where you'll find Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. That's Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, where you'll discover what being a disciple of Christ is all about and learn how to help others grow in their faith. No matter how many times we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we should always do so with a yell, not a yawn. Ron's back with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, putting on your gospel shoes. Now, every time we mention the gospel or put on our gospel boots, it ought to throw us back on our heels as a reminder that this is too good to be true. We sing Amazing Grace with a yawn because we've maybe forgotten just how amazing God's grace is. So let me take you to another place that maybe expands the idea and explains just how good news this is. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Now let me set the scene for you. Jesus is inaugurating his ministry. He's getting started around the age of 30, and he's in the synagogue, which was his common practice on the Sabbath day to be in the synagogue. And as was the common practice in their worship experience, there was a reading of the Scripture. And Jesus stood up that day in the synagogue, and Luke tells us that he grabbed the scroll of Isaiah. Now, it was no coincidence that Jesus was there that day. It was no coincidence that the scroll of Isaiah was the reading scheduled for that day. And when Jesus stood up and he read this from the scroll of Isaiah, jaws dropped. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who, who, are, who are oppressed. Jesus was taking this Old Testament prophecy concerning Messiah and was attributing it to himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, that's why everybody paused. That's why all eyes were on him. That's why the jaws dropped. But furthermore, you get some sense of just how jaw-droppingly good the good news is because it has to do with those who were poor, who were captive, the blind, the oppressed. And, and of course, Jesus was speaking perhaps physically, but also spiritually. He's talking about the spiritual 
poor, those who are bankrupt spiritually before God. He's talking about uh, uh, those who are captive, those who are POWs in the devil's internment camp, held captive by drugs and alcohol and immorality and a whole host of sins that are addicting, and all sin is addicting, held captive. The blind who cannot see God, the oppressed, if you find yourself in that category, and you should if you are apart from Christ, this is who you are if you don't know Christ. You're poor, you're blind, you're oppressed, you're captive. Or if you've been set free by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, remember from where you came. Don't forget it. Don't yawn when you hear the gospel is good news. Remember from where you came. Let it throw you back on your heels. And you say, wow, this is just too good to be true. Part of what it means to put on your gospel boots is to lace up with good news and to understand just how good a news it is. Especially in a world today, friends, where we get 24-hour news thrown at us that is just bad news, just bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. We as believers in Jesus Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are possessors and stewards of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, this good news that we bring. Lace up with good news. Number two, stand in the ready position. We're talking about how to get ready and dress for spiritual warfare. And once we have our gospel shoes on, laced up with good news, then we stand. And we stand in that ready position. You know, there's one sense in which every one of us who gets up, Lord willing, every morning and we start our day, we're really not ready to face the day unless we have our shoes on, right? Now, I know we live in a beach community here. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's a barefoot community. That's all right. But uh, truth be known, when I go to the beach, I even have my flip-flops on, right? Uh, so, so just work with me here a little bit. You're, you're really not ready to step into your day. If I got up this morning and I dressed from head to ankle and started walking out the door without my shoes, my wife would look at me and say, honey, you're, you're not ready to go to church. You're not ready to go to work. You've got to put your shoes on, okay? The same is true in a military sense. Every soldier knows you're not considered combat ready until you got your combat boots on. I've never had the privilege of serving in the military, but I, I suspect that in uh, boot camp, in some of those early trainings, uh, there's something like a John Wooden, Wooden coaching experience where somebody sits you down as a soldier, as a plebe, and uh, shows you how to put on your combat boots. Because when you're marching, and marching miles into battle. It's a feet-don't-fail-me-now moment. You can't afford as a soldier heading into battle for your feet to hurt. You've got to have, you have the right shoes on, the right boots on. 2,000 years ago, a Roman soldier uh, wore a particular kind of shoe called a caliga, C-A-L-I-G-A. I think that's how it's pronounced. It had uh, uh, some nails on the bottom. They called them hobnails, so it was studded at the bottom of the, of the, of the shoe. Think of a, an athlete that um, gets ready for a competition and has uh, spikes on the bottom of his or her feet. Uh, spikes to run on a track or to run on a football field or whatever it might be. 
And for the Roman soldier, uh, those hobnails helped him stand in the ready position and have stability, especially as he got involved in hand-to-hand combat. This is the picture the Apostle Paul has in mind when he says that we are to have uh, shoes for our feet, having put on the readiness, the readiness of the gospel of peace. Are you standing in the ready position? Do you have your gospel shoes on, laced up with good news? And when you do, are you in the ready position? In, in the world of athletics, there's something called the ready position. I've used this illustration a number of times, but uh, in a basketball game, for instance, if you're on defense, you can't be back on your heels, even if you've got your right shoes on. You've got to be in now. Once your shoes are on, you've got to be in the ready position, right? Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, putting on your gospel shoes. We're always glad to have you with us. Listen to any of Ron's messages on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, make sure you check out our Something Good digital library. It has more than 500 hours of Bible teaching from Dr. Ron. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Need prayer today? Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to share your request with us. Click on Explore, then look for the How Can We Pray For You option. Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it. It can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available for pre-order, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The digital library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Tell us about some of the challenges you face as you put this project together, and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening right now. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of His creation. 
Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by SomethingGoodRadio.org to pre-order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like to mail your check, the address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. It might seem strange to find the word peace in the midst of a discussion on spiritual war, doesn't it? Until you realize that um, uh, we are at war precisely because the devil is a warmonger and he is a disturber of the peace. He doesn't want us to make peace with God. We'll talk about that in a moment. Nor does he want us to make peace with our neighbors. Nor does he want us to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. No, he'll do everything he can to disrupt the peace. Where there is division, the devil's not far away. His fingerprints are all over it. That's next time in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Putting On Your Gospel Shoes. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.